You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 293 of the co-op podcast i'm your host richard bailey jr and today i'm joined by mr gary a swaby how's it going gary hey not too bad thank you very much uh a little tired but i had to make sure you know we did a show because there are some things to talk about um some uh some slightly controversial things uh, so we'll, you know, we'll get to that. But how are you doing, Rich? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, it is uh, Mother's Day over here right now in the states. So uh, if you haven't wished your mother Happy Mother's Day yet, you should probably do so immediately. Because by the time you actually watch this show, if you're not watching live, it's going to be uh, Monday. So uh, yeah, make sure you jump on that immediately. But uh, other than that, doing pretty good. Um, I understand your sentiment of being tired. Uh, I'm working on a couple of different things that I'll, I'll go into here in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, just taking it easy right now for the moment, uh, recording today's show. So. Cool. Yeah. We're, we're dedicated to this, man. We're going to make sure there's a show no matter what. So I hope you guys <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like we said, stay, we definitely want to continue staying on 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 task of doing the show so it won't be any more breaks at least from, from what i what, what i gather moving forward so uh yes looking forward to it so um as gary already mentioned there, there definitely are a couple of stories worth talking about uh today uh before we get into those stories we're going to let you all know what we have been playing so gary i'm not sure if you've been playing anything but i'm going to go to you first let everybody know what you've been playing uh yeah, so I played some Overwatch, uh not as much as usual, but you know, just a few games here and there. Um and I've also been playing um Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, which I talked about briefly last week. Uh that's like a JRPG. It's like a top down isometric, um, you know, old school looking uh RPG, but I believe this came out in like the mid 2000s or something and then it was remastered for pc and i believe there was a ps3 version um and um at the moment they're bringing out uh trails of cold still on the ps4 which is another remaster um and that's the one i really want to play but i have to play trails in the sky first so yeah i've just been playing that and um I'm enjoying it. It's you know, it's fun, lighthearted. Um, the story hasn't really kicked off that much, but uh, I'm sure it's going to get there soon. Um, and the way you know this RPG is is described to me by Riku-san, it's like um, a Marvel universe where you have all these different characters, and throughout all of the different games, you see you know the characters interacting with each other. So even characters that you got to control in previous games, they'll 
you know, be interacting with characters in the new games and stuff like that. So, yeah, these games are pretty worth playing if if you're into JRPGs. Uh, this is a traditional JRPG as well, so it's turn-based. Um, and I like that, you know. I've always been a fan of turn-based, um, even though real-time is more convenient in most cases and um, more intense and fast-paced. Um, I do like, you know, turn-based because it's like it's like playing chess or something. You have to think several moves ahead of what your next move is going to be um, and the enemy's next move and things like that. So, yeah, but that's pretty much it. Sounds good. We had a bit of a technical thing over here. I'm good now. Oh, well, yeah, so, what happened? Oh, no, 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 I'm good now. I'm good now. I was trying to make a tweet, and I was muted, so uh, but I'm good now. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was on my end or something. Oh, no, no. Uh-uh. So, that sounds good. Uh, as for what I have been playing, uh, there are basically two games. Uh, I can't really talk too much in detail about some of these games, but just to give you a brief uh, idea of, of what to expect. So, uh, Rage 2 actually comes out on uh, the 14th, with it, which, which is this upcoming Tuesday. Um, I did receive a code for that game, but I received that code yesterday. And there is something else that I have been playing, so I haven't spent too much time with Rage 2 quite yet. Uh, I did start the game, and, and, and I can say that so far, if you've seen some of the trailers or you've seen some of the gameplay, some of the streams... Uh, the game is pretty much like an open-world first-person shooter. Uh, it's, you know, Avalanche Studios is involved in, in helping to make this game a reality. Uh, and uh, what I will say so far, because, again, I, I only spent a very small amount of time with it, uh, the game is a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of things to do. Uh, the controls feel very satisfying. Um, and, and pretty much, you know, it, it's, you know... It pretty much, in my opinion, is what I think everybody hoped for in a Rage sequel. Because, again, the first game, uh, you know, this is a game that I know a lot of people felt had a lot of potential. It was disappointing in some aspects. I know you actually reviewed the game, Gary, so you know a lot more about Rage 1 than I do. But uh, the sequel, it just it does have a storyline. It feels like there's just a lot of things to do. So uh, I'm looking forward to diving into it a lot more deeper over the next couple of days. Uh, I will have an impressions piece on the website at some point this upcoming week. I'm not 100% sure if the piece will be up tomorrow uh, by the time this show goes live on the website, or but it will definitely be up sometime next week, and then eventually I'll have a full-fledged review. As I said, I only just received the review code yesterday, so it's going to be hard to do a review uh in that quick of a turnaround time, but I will at the very least definitely have some impressions for you all. Uh, try hopefully before release so you can have an idea as to whether or not it's something that you should pick up. But uh, so far, I could say I'm really enjoying it thus far. I'm playing it on the Xbox One X, so um, stay tuned for more of my thoughts very soon. Uh, as for what else I have been playing, there is another game also coming out on May 14th. A game that I spoke about last week uh, that I actually just completed yesterday. And uh, I will have a review for this game tomorrow on the website. So stay tuned for that. 
but uh, I'm talking about uh, A Plague's Tale Innocence. Um, it's made by Asorbo Studios. They're based out of France. They're an independent developer, uh, and it's published by uh, Focus Home Interactive. Uh, this is the studio that has published a lot of big titles, such as The Surge, which uh, they actually have The Surge 2, which is in development right now. I believe that's supposed to come out. I don't know if it's later this year or early 2020. Um, they also published another game that I spoke about highly last year. Um, yeah, they, 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 they've done games like uh, The Council, which is an episodic adventure game, which I enjoyed a lot. Um, and they're always do, trying to do different titles. You know, basically, they publish the titles. They work with a lot of different independent developers. But this game in particular, uh, I really, I really think that this is a game that a lot of people should check out, uh, based off of a lot of things that happened. Because I know when I initially saw this game at E3 uh, several years ago, all, I, I, they just told us basically what the premises of the game, and they showed us some brief gameplay footage. They didn't really go into deep, 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 deeper detail about what to expect from the story, so on and so forth. So once I actually got a chance to play the game. And play through the story. This is a very impactful game. You know, I mean, it's it's an action adventure game type type of game from a third person perspective. But it, there's a lot of ask, there's a lot of elements to it where I can't really just go into detail and tell you one thing about it because then I will be telling you a whole bunch of things about it. So what what I will say is this: definitely check out my review on the website. Uh, the embargo lifts uh, tomorrow evening at about 7 p.m. Eastern time. So check out my review tomorrow. And then, you know, I will talk about this game in more detail um, later, later, later on this week. Uh, because there's a lot to unpack with a game like this. Um, the story is fantastic. I can say that much. And I can say, once again, this is a game that I think you definitely will want to check out and keep an eye on. Uh, because I feel like it's, of all of the games that are coming out this month, this is one game that I think is going to be a sleeper hit, in my personal opinion. But again, we'll find out tomorrow. And definitely come back to the website, check out my full review tomorrow night. But um, other than that, Looking I definitely... Looking forward will... to it. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, other than that, I definitely can say, uh, definitely um, look for that review. Uh, and if there's one takeaway that I do want to say is that <clears throat> for those that are out there like to play a lot of the big budget, high profile titles, that's great. But you really, really should take a chance to look at what some of these independent devs are doing because they're making some amazing things that I don't think is getting the amount of attention that they should be getting. And with this game coming out the exact same day as Rage 2, I do think that... Uh, it, it runs the risk of maybe not getting quite as much attention because I know a lot of people have been looking forward to Rage 2, but at the same time, it might not matter because it's two different audiences. But I, one thing I definitely want to reiterate is that you know if you if you if you have thought about trying other indie titles, this is the perfect example of why you should try out some indie titles because you will be very surprised how some how how amazing some of these games actually are. So um, with all that said. Look for my review tomorrow, and then at that point, I'll, I'll go into more detail about what you should expect from a game like this. But um, that pretty much concludes uh, what I have been playing and what we have been playing uh, for this week. 
So um, on that note, we're going to jump into a couple of the topics from this week because uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about in some regards. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to talk about a trailer that was released by Ubisoft. Of course, they had a Ghost Recon live stream that went down on Thursday um, of this week. Uh, and they revealed their upcoming game, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, um, which uh, I did see the gameplay trailer and I was very impressed with the trailer. Uh, I I have no I, I, no I have no no doubt about it whatsoever that I know that this game is going to be successful because I know Ubisoft has a certain amount of games that they do uh, whether it's the Tom Clancy's Division Two Division Two was fantastic I haven't had a chance to get back into the Division Two because I've had other things going on but uh, Division Two was fantastic uh, I know Ghost Recon Ghost Recon Wildlands another game that I started to play I didn't finish the game. I am going to get back into it soon because uh, I'm going to be setting up a time to play with Adam and a couple of our other friends. So uh, definitely am curious to get into it now and finish it so I can be ready for this game. But yes, we did get a Ghost Recon Breakpoint reveal. We also got the news that it's coming out, I believe, October 4th. So that is another game that we know that's coming out uh, this upcoming uh, holiday season. So Gary, uh, did you get a chance to, to check out the trailer and do you have any thoughts on Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah, I did check out the trailer, and you know, uh, looks really good. I checked out the, um, you know, the story trailer, I guess, and then also uh, some of the gameplay one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it looks pretty good. Like I, I like these kind of tactical games where you have to really um, coordinate with your your teammates and things like that. And you got different classes, and you have to work together. Like I like that. You know, um, but I've never really been into Ghost Recon. Um, I haven't actually bought any of the games before, but they they always kind of you know intrigued me, and I thought maybe I should try it sometime. Um, so maybe I might try this one if it crosses my radar, um, or if I'm like in the mood for it or something. But um, yeah, I think it's cool that you know they finally have a, another game coming up. Um, I know there was a lot of fans of Wildlands. It had like a, its own dedicated audience, so I'm sure a lot of those will migrate to this. And um, a lot of these Ubisoft Tom Clancy games seem to have, you know, um, some sort of loyal fan base who will follow the titles. So um, I'm sure it will do pretty well on launch. And it's cool that um, they have the Punisher in there too, the guy who plays the Punisher. So. Oh yeah, uh, John John Bernthal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that, that to me is what stood out because I know that there was a DLC. It's a free DLC that they recently released for Ghost uh, Recon or Wildlands. And I had a conversation with Adam. He said this is a very smart strategy by Ubisoft because that DLC is the prequel to this game. So in order for you to further understand. Uh, what's going on in Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint, they recommend that you play that DLC. And this is free DLC that they released for Ghost Recon, Recon Wildlands. So very smart strategy because like I said, I, I want to play through Wildlands now, but now I definitely am going to play through it so that I get caught up on everything that happens and then I'll be ready to play this game. But um, yeah. See, I, I didn't I, even know that. I didn't even know there was a DLC that led into this game. I, I think that's pretty cool too. Because, 
you know, that means all the people who love Wildlands, of course, they're gonna buy this game now. So, that's oh yeah. Good. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Without without question. Um, very very good strategy. And uh, I, I know uh, this is one game that um, I believe our very good friend uh, Mr. Tony Polanco also also got a chance to play this game, and he said it's it's, it's a great great experience. Um, I know that this is one title that we know for sure is now coming out this year. Of course, uh, Ubisoft, you know, they revealed this before E3. Uh, I'm sure in the future we're going to have a show where we're going to have our predictions of what will happen at E3 as far as these press conferences are concerned. But um, I'm a little surprised that they, well, I mean, I'm not surprised they revealed it early. Of course, they have other games that may get leaked out ahead of time. Like I know Splinter Cell, stuff like that. So very curious to see if that goes down before their actual conference. But uh, still, I have to say, I'm impressed with Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, from the, the gameplay trailer that I did see, the story trailer as well. So, um, yeah, I guess that's all we can really say about it at the moment. Just, just definitely looking forward to it. Definitely will be following it very closely, and hopefully I'll be caught up by the time it comes out in October. Indeed, I agree. Um, I haven't really got much else to say, but it does look good so far. So I'll keep an eye on it. I, I actually did want to ask you a quick question. So did you ever finish Division 2? Did you ever, or was this a game where you started the Division 2 and just got caught up in other stuff and didn't go back to it? Yeah, I kind of got caught up in other stuff, but I'm near the end. Like, I'm, uh, I'm almost level 30, and... Um, I believe I only have like a few missions left, so mm. I might one day I might get on and just knock out the the last few missions on there just so I can say I completed it. But yeah, I haven't played it in a couple of weeks now, so. Yeah, I, I fully I fully understand that. I know um, when I spoke to Adam, he said that they they the, he he has already beaten Division Two. They've already leveled out the character, so now as a result of that. They started playing Wildlands again, so yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I hope I, I hope I do get a chance to go back to, to, to the Division Two because I actually want to try to make an effort to finish it since I did not complete the first game in full. I want to make a better effort because I'm actually enjoying the Division Two a lot more than I did the, the first game. Oh so, yeah. So uh, ho- hopefully, I do get a chance to go back to it, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, Division 2 was great, and, you know, that game made me realize I, I, I like that kind of more tactical feel to, to shooters and stuff, so if uh, Ghost Recon is, is like that, and it looks a lot like that, then, um, you know, maybe it's definitely something I should try, even though I've never played any of the previous games. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that, yeah. Definitely looking forward to hearing more about the game. See, see more news on it. Hopefully, uh, get a chance to play it at some point in time because there is going to be a beta that they did announce. Uh, so hopefully, we will get access to that beta. And we'll be able to have some impressions of that in the in the future. So stay tuned. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the next topic, uh, and this is a story that I, I actually saw this story as well. Uh, I didn't know this was something that you saw, so when I saw that it was it was added to the show notes, I said, oh, well, this is good, because uh, I wasn't the only one that saw this story. <laughs> so, um, of course, in the past, on this show, uh, I know I have spoken out 
a couple of times about not being happy about the Microsoft's decision to cancel Scalebound. Uh, this is, of course, a game that was supposed to be an exclusive, uh, but, you know, it never released. And then I know that same year, I believe it was that same year, where it was supposed to come out, this was also at the same year or shortly thereafter they released uh, Platinum Games released uh, near, uh, near, near Automata, which obviously, in my opinion, was one of the most recent games that they released that I really, really enjoyed. So uh, definitely was surprised to see this happen. But initially, we found out in a recent interview that uh, Platinum Games responded to the criticisms that Microsoft was getting for, for taking the blame for canceling for Scalebound. And they sort of defended and said that they did not really feel they, they wasn't happy to hear that Microsoft got all the blame. They they alluded to the fact that you know definitely there there are two there, there are two ways to look at things. You know they also felt as though they definitely needed to get some of the blame as well. It's not they didn't want to put it all on Microsoft, which I thought was very interesting. You know a very a very honorable thing to do. But um, overall. Um, Definitely a lot to say about this, but I'm going to go to you first and get your opinion on the situation, what what happened, and what, what your thoughts are. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought this was a very respectable thing for um, Platinum Games to do because, you know, um, they could have easily just sat back and, you know, um, let Microsoft continue to take all of the heat for Scalebound being, being cancelled and everything. Um I know that multiple stories like behind the scenes rumors and stories have emerged, you know, over the years in terms of what actually happened. Uh, there were some rumors that, you know, they were using Microsoft's budget to fund other stuff uh, such as Nier Automata or whatever. But um, yeah, we, we don't know the full details, you know, because we're, we're, we're outsiders. Um, so for Platinum Games to come out and say that it shouldn't be Microsoft that's getting, you know, all the heat for it, um, I think that's pretty respectable. Um, you know, that's a classy thing to do because they're basically saying, look, it wasn't just Microsoft's fault. We made some mistakes too. And unfortunately, we, we weren't able to make this work together. And I think that was really cool for them to come out and say, um, now I will say this though, um, you know, since Microsoft is like the uh, overseer of the project and it's their money, I do feel like there's things they could have done, like, because um, their decision making outranks Platinum Games, like, because they're pretty much hiring them to make the game. So I feel like Microsoft could have, you know, done more to make the game a reality if they wanted to, um, with, you know, instead of just canceling it. Um, cause we've seen like games go through years and years of like turmoil and, you know, just, uh, messy business before it emerges and actually gets released. Like, you know, this happens all the time. Like it's not, it's never like a straightforward process. Like there's always going to be some complications and things that need to be addressed and fixed. So I feel like Microsoft could have stuck with it and tried to make it work if they wanted to, but you know, for whatever reason, they decided to just kill the project. Um, but yeah, still, you know, I think this is great for, for from a Platinum Games standpoint, you know, for them to admit that they made mistakes and, and things like that, you know, um, and they're, they're taking accountability, which is something that a lot of people have difficulties in doing nowadays. So 
Um, I think that's really cool. Uh, I, I agree 100%. And, and I, I do want to make a comment because I, I did see we had somebody in the chat. But, uh, oh. Our very good friend, our very good friend, Edward B. said the scale down looks, <laughs> you know, that, that, that the game look, looked whack. So I, 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 I will say this. Uh, I think we can agree that the game, um, it, it, it possibly wasn't really a big deal or it didn't look as impressive. But to me, the reason why I was looking forward to the game, it was because it was something different for Microsoft. Up until that point, all we got was, you know, always they always do on the Forza, they always do Gears of War, they always do Halo. This looked like this was something that was different. And for that reason, it could have been something that stood out. But, um... I will at the very least say that, you know, it's it's fine it got canceled. Microsoft has all these other studios that they have acquired recently. And, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what these other games are they're working on. I know Microsoft has already said that all of these studios are going to have something to show at E3 next month. So I think that's very soon because I know some of these acquisitions didn't happen too long ago. So I'm very curious to see what they actually have to show. Um Obviously, we know about the Outer Worlds, so there's not really any surprises with that. But Ninja Theory, I'm very curious to know what are they working on for Microsoft and whether or not that, that, that this new game that they're releasing, is this going to be a uh, – is this still going to be something that is going to be exclusive to Microsoft or is it going to be something that will also be out on PS4? Because I know with Outer Worlds, this game is not exclusive. Um, and I know that's because it's been in development for a while, but I don't know if that's the case for, for some of these other games that are in development that may be coming sooner rather than later. So uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, I will at the very least say that with Platinum Games, it's all right that Scale Down got canceled. Um, so, I mean, Platinum Games is doing well now. Microsoft is doing well now, so it really doesn't matter, I guess. But I am glad to hear that Scale Down, that uh, Platinum did come out and say, okay, it wasn't all their fault. You know, I'm glad to hear that because I feel as though in this industry nowadays, if uh, if if the studio does get blamed, you re you re very rarely will you hear another the, the partner coming to their defense. You, I, I I haven't heard of that, so I, I do applaud them for, for for saying that. Indeed. Um, yes. I do question why this is coming out now, though, um, especially so close to E3. And part of me still thinks we may still see Scalebound at some point, but who knows? I mean, you know, what if they announce Scalebound as a, a next Xbox exclusive or something? Like that would be major. Well, well, I, well, I think I think uh, Phil Spencer definitely um, he could uh, they they definitely could do something like that. Phil Spencer could do that if, if he feels as though a lot of people want to see this game get made because I because I think about the reaction that he got and everybody got when they announced that Fable was canceled. That Fable, that game they were working on, Fable Legends, I think it was called. And that, that did not get a good reaction um, from, from the fans. I, I know ever since that, there have been rumors that this other game that uh, is being worked on at Playground, you know, Playground is actually working on a, a, a another Fable game or Fable-esque type of type game. I don't really know if any of that is true because they have been very quiet. I'm pretty sure they're going to have something to, to talk about in regards to that next month. But um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like 
Phil Spencer could definitely be in a position to, you know, re-engage with Platinum again, work on that relationship, and try to bring this game back out again. If if, if it's something that people want. I mean, I don't know how big the uproar is for the game. Um, I know when it that it, when initially got announced as a cancellation, you know, a lot of people wasn't happy about that. But I don't think it. Th this is different. You know, this is a new IP, obviously. So I can see some people being angry about it. But with the IP like Fable which has already had games in the series, people being angry about that. I think, yeah, the uproar definitely higher for, for something like that getting canceled than it would be for this. But at the same time, it's never a good uh, thing when any game gets canceled. So I understand the anger in the first place. But um, we'll see what happens, I guess. But uh, yeah, it definitely could come back in the future if uh, Phil Spencer does decide to do that. It just uh, it, it all depends on uh, how invested they are and how invested the fans are and actually seeing this game uh, actually come come to life. So, we'll see. Well, not to quote Sony, but um, I think I think Phil Spencer is for the players right now. So, <laughs> you know. So, well, 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 yes, he is for the players. Uh, I actually did see a tweet that um i believe it was earlier today um and i believe it's um was it from um obsidian i believe it was from obsidian it's either obsidian or someone at ninja theory and they made a comment about microsoft is investing a ton of money and resources into you know developing stuff for the for these, for these platforms they were talking about that you know that they, they just brought on some more people on their team and they were just ecstatic uh, just seeing how much is going into making this project. So for that reason, you know, I know Microsoft is invested in putting a lot of money into these these new studios and to trying to to get all these projects going. So I mean, yeah, it, it's possible that they could invest some more money into Scalebound, but I I have no idea. I guess it, it, they have to gauge and determine, you know, whether or not there's some people actually want to see happen. Um, and I haven't heard Platinum Games talk anything else about Scalebound until. This particular announcement here, this, 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 you know, them making these statements in this interview. So, um, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I do know Platinum Games right now. I do believe because of the success of Nier Automata, I'm pretty sure they're working on another game in that, in that series right now. But, um, as for doing this whole thing with, uh, Scale Down, we'll just have to take a wait and see approach because I haven't heard anything concrete yet. Uh, I know there was a rumor at one point that this game was coming to the Nintendo Switch. I I haven't heard nothing else about that, and I don't think that rumor is entirely true. Um, but then again, don't know. Don't know for sure. We'll have to wait and see. Indeed. We'll wait and see. Absolutely. So, um, let's move on to the next topic. Um, and this is... Uh, <laughs> This is one that, uh, well, I'll be interested to hear your response on. So, uh, EA Access, which has been on the Xbox plat platform for what feels like a, a long time. You know, I believe ever since this generation started or shortly thereafter, this is a service that has been only on Xbox, um, and Xbox One. Uh, so I know that, uh, recently, uh, you know, earlier this week, EA announced that EA Access is coming to PlayStation 4. I believe it's coming in, um, is it coming in June or July? I know it's coming very soon. I think it's June. Okay. So, yeah, but EA Access is coming to PS4. 
Um, I believe it's going to cost the $29.99 per year. Uh, and of course, the services, for those who don't know, you basically can get early access to some titles. Uh, by, by early access, maybe like a couple of weeks before a game comes out, you'll get like the trial period, but then you can also get early, early access. You also get discounts on these games uh, as well. So um, I know that Sony has been very vocal in the past and not really, they didn't really care about the service. They tried to put it off because we know Microsoft had it on the Xbox One. So uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Gary, now that this service is coming to PlayStation 4? Um, so yeah, first of all, it's actually July, so my bad, but, um, yeah, um, and yeah, so, so let me just quote Sony in 2014. So their exact words were, we don't think asking our fans to pay an additional $5 a month for this EA specific program represents good value to the PlayStation gamer. Um, and now, you know, here we are, 2019, EA access is coming. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, clearly, Sony, you know, they 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 realized they had to change with the times because um, with with, I mean, you know, EA is is in a sticky situation right now anyway because they don't have a lot of good press um, around their games. But let's say there's a situation where they have a huge high profile game coming, um, and I guess the next one would be Star Wars. And you know, oh, yeah. um, if if people want Xbox and PC can play first, you know that doesn't look good on Sony. So I guess they had to do this business wise just to make sure that people have that ability to play a high profile game like that as well on their system. So yeah, I guess it you know makes sense for them in that regard. Um, and yeah, I mean. I don't. I mean, I don't have many good things to say about Sony or EA right now. So I, I don't oh, know. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know who who to uh, give props to here. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's business. It had to be done. Like I, I feel like Sony, um, they were only in a lose lose situation by by not allowing this to happen. Um, you have to be able to give your gamers as much freedom as possible. And if people want actually want this service and want to subscribe to it, then you have to give them the option to do that. So uh, that's pretty much what it is. Like you, you know, you're you said you're for the players, so you have to be for the players. And I just hope that um, they also change their minds on some of this censorship stuff that they're doing too, because it's, it's starting Uh-oh. to get too far. Uh, yeah, because they, they recently censored, uh, I forgot the name of the game, but there was like some box art or something where they just completely censored it. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- this censorship thing is going to be a big story in the coming months if it continues. Um, and even Square Enix, uh, most recently, they, they said that uh, they had to turn down one of the races or something in, in Final Fantasy fourteen, the online game. Um, they had to turn down one of the races because it it the the race looks like children even though they're not children. So um, and they didn't want to show children in pain or something like that. Like because Sony has you know these harsh uh, censorship rules that they're imposing. So it's it's starting to 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 hurt harmless games like Final Fantasy fourteen. Like that's that's super like 
clean. That game is super clean. There's like nothing explicit about it. So, um, yeah, it, it's starting to get out of control now. So, hopefully, Sony changes their mind on that too. Um, but I guess it it might take five years like this did. So I don't know. I I I actually didn't hear about this uh, thing with Final Fantasy fourteen. So that is that is that is concerning. Um, I I one thing I do want to say. Uh, I do feel as though we live in times now where uh, it seems like everything now. We well, we gotta watch what we we gotta watch what what we say because it might you know people might get it twisted that type of thing, and I don't like that you know I I know there are some comedians I like back in the day well even though they're not really that old people like uh, Bernie Mac so on and so forth rest in peace they always used to say funny stuff that people didn't want anybody to say very controversial I feel like if these guys were still around today and had and had a joke. Routine like that, they they would be crucified up on the stage. Oh yeah, like all, all that stuff Bernie Mac was talking and that uh that uh king, <laughs> kings of comedy or whatever. A yeah. lot of that wouldn't fly today. Like you know, a, a lot of the classic comedy that we know would not fly today. And you see, you know, with Kevin Hart and everything, what happened to him and the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, we we live in crazy times where you know you're not allowed to really express yourself. So. Well, that 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 is very unfortunate. Um, I would like to hope that there will be a time when this will change and everything will go back to, and people will be able to say whatever they want to say. But um, it is definitely concerning when it starts to impact video games because I feel like with video games, you know, like games like God of War and so on and so forth. I'm not talking about the most recent God of War, but like 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 like, like the previous God of War, God of War Three. This is a mature rated game, you know. It, very, very, you know, you're doing all types of stuff that you want to do, ripping off enemies' heads and stuff like that. I I enjoy this type of content. So to think that stuff is being censored now is very concerning, and I just think it's ridiculous because I feel that if you are a parent or you're an older individual. You should be able to make the decision. Do I want to see this mature rated movie? Do I want to play this mature rated game? Yes. And, it, and that same person, if you have a young kid that, you know, is in your life, whether it's, you know, your son or your daughter, you also have that decision to make. Well, no, I don't want them to see this. So let me just have them not don't play this game when they're around. I mean, but in, but instead they are now relying on the actual people making this content be like oh well, well we'll just censor the censor this part here so that it appeals to everybody and i think that's a problem so hopefully eventually we get back to a time where this stuff isn't really a concern and people are able to make and do whatever they want to as far as art as far as creativity so on and so forth because when you're not able to make what you want to make then it definitely will suffer and it gets lost in translation with with the audience so indeed we'll see we'll see but I mean, for now, I mean, in terms of video games, um, I, I guess until the, the the next major media blow up or whatever. But I mean, for now, in video games, it seems like violence is is completely okay, and you know, um, certain certain aesthetics aren't okay. Basically, you know, certain cosmetic appearances aren't okay. So that that seems to be the case right now. Um, Cause, you know you just had a game like mortal kombat come out and some of those fatalities are crazy 
and you know, no, <laughs> nobody said anything, but there's this entire dialogue about the, the aesthetics and, you know, the way that the characters are dressed and, and stuff like that. So there you go. I, yeah, 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 yeah. That, 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 that's, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why, why that aesthetic is there as a complaint, especially for a game like Mortal Kombat. I mean, this is, it, the game is violent by nature. Um, so, I mean, I would think it, it's fine, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Other people have, there's other agendas out there. There's other things that are being pressed on people. So it's unfortunate, but hopefully, hopefully, eventually we can go back to a time where, you know, it's totally fine to do, you know, make what you want to make, say what you want to say, whatever. But again, you know, I, I, it's going to be hard to really think that that's going to ever be, be the case again. We'll just have to see how everything plays out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it will correct itself eventually. Like, the world moves in phases, you know, and um, I guess it was the, uh, I think it was like the, the 40s and the 50s, they were like very conservative back then. So it's like, we're, we're kind of just shifting through the times, like, you know, um, so I think things will change again in the future. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully so. The, the world just goes in phases. Yes. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. You are correct. Hopefully that, that is the case. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. So um, one thing I want to mention very, very briefly before we go on to the final topic, because I know that uh, you mentioned EA. I know that uh, we I don't think we addressed this on a previous episode. I know there was news that uh, the Anthem sales were so did not really. Do, I mean, di digitally, Anthem sold, I guess, to EA's liking. But physically, it did not sell. And then, of course, there were all these people departing. You know, the creative director of Anthem left EA, all these other people leaving. And it seems as though, yeah, now EA has completely shifted its focus towards Dragon Age 4. And you actually wrote an article about this not too long ago. Uh, so my question is, now that, that the EA is shifting their focus towards Dragon Age 4 in terms of what they're doing with BioWare... Uh, do you feel as though you are excited for Dragon Age 4? Or do you have any optimism that they are actually going to deliver with this game? Or do you think that, uh, well, this is probably going to definitely be it for Bioware now? Because once this game comes out, it's probably going to be, uh, not, you know, it's not going to be a good game and it's going to have all these other issues. But yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Because I know this is something that happened. We didn't address this little update of what was going on with this, but yeah, do you have any thoughts on it? Um, yeah, so I, I guess uh, you're talking about because the creators of, like, the, the director or whatever from Anthem is now focusing entirely on Dragon Age, and um, yeah. Um, yeah, so and, I mean, that. Yeah, 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 and there, there was some other, other people that left uh, the studio because I, what happened is. They, there were people who were working on Anthem that left the studio, and it made fans question what is going to happen mm -hmm. with Anthem now. But then some others stepped forward and said, "No, we're fine. We're still working on Anthem." So Anthem is done. They're they're lying. They're lying to themselves <laughs> and lying to the people. Like Anthem, like they need to write it off, you know, because um, yeah, it's done. It's a done deal. Um, and this this doesn't do anything to give me peace of mind about Dragon Age because they've already ruined Mass Effect. You know, Anthem was a dud. Um, 
and you know ea still owns bioware so i i, I have no hope like for, for dragon age um especially after you know hearing about what's going on with the development and the fact that they're using that anthem engine um to power it and everything because that's one of the biggest uh things that went wrong with uh dragon both dragon age inquisition and uh andromeda now inquisition it was a good game like it was a decent game it wasn't the same level of quality as dragon age origins um mm-hmm. especially from a narrative perspective but it was a decent game it was sl- solid it won a game of the year award so you know it was decent um so I, I can't knock it too much um you know i enjoyed playing it um when I, when i replayed it when i tried to replay it that's when i really started to notice a lot of its flaws but the first go around i really enjoyed it so um i can't speak too negatively about it but um after reading jason schreier's book you know um i know a lot more about what went what started to go wrong with these projects you know especially andromeda you know um so what it was is basically when bioware were forced to use um the frostbite engine that's when things started to go downhill you know because uh they were using for mass effect they were using the unreal engine before but when ea bought them you know um, they were already using the engine but they uh, ea found that they had to pay royalties to epic and they didn't like that so they forced them to use the frostbite for dragon age inquisition and uh you know mass effect andromeda and and a few other games or whatever so because of that you know they struggled with the development because um dice you know is the one dice are the ones who made that engine and um they made it entirely for fps games and dice is based in sweden so because of that that steep um you know um the 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 difference in time um that created a lot of issues because it meant that you know the bioware had to create a lot of elements on the go and they they didn't always work so there was a lot of complications with development but somehow some way they still managed to put out inquisition and it was decent but with andromeda because it was the the other team you know it was the secondary bioware team they weren't as experienced and yeah like things just did not go right at all with that project um and then you know anthem they were pressured into making anthem that you know this was a project that was entirely forced upon them by ea um so yeah you know they they had problems with development in that too so you know the the problem still remains you know the common denominator is ea so um, and Bioware is still with EA, so I have no, you know, peace of mind that the next Dragon Age is going to be good, especially knowing that it's already going to be structured like Anthem, you know, so, yeah, um, I will keep an eye on it just because it's an interesting story, and, you know, I do love Dragon Age, I love, you know, the, the characters and everything like that. So I will keep an eye on it and I'll probably will even buy the game when it comes out just to see what it's about and everything. But I, I feel like it's going to be another train wreck. It's going to be another Andromeda. So, <laughs> Well, yeah. I, 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 think, I think you made valid points all across the board. As someone who 
only played Dragon Age 2. Um, did not play uh, Inquisition. Well, you made a big mistake only playing that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right about that because I know I complained about that a long time ago uh, when, we, when we recorded the show back in the day. We had Mills who also played it and said it was trash. So uh, I, I, I will say, yeah, I mean, I, Dragon I, Age. I still defend that game. Like Dragon Age Two, it was it was like its own thing. Like it was different from Origins and different from Inquisition. Like it's its own style of Dragon Age kind of thing. But if you played Origin then you know what the big deal is about Dragon Age. Like, because that game was incredible. And it's like one of my top five RPGs of all time, you know, so. So, so I, I, I might make time to try that out. I mean, but there's a lot of games in my backlog that I still haven't played. And I would give a shout out to Mr. Kennedy because he keeps telling me, oh, you need to play Metal Gear Solid Five. Well, yes, <laughs> I will play it at some point in time. But uh, I don't know when that's going to happen, Jack. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, uh, I will say this. Um, I don't want anything bad to happen to Bioware. Uh, it, it, it would be good if, if, you know, they're no longer, you know, being held down by EA and then they can do their own thing creatively. But uh, if it does come to a point where EA has to shutter them, that'll be a horrible day to witness that. Because, uh, again... Mass Effect, that Mass Effect, the first, the first trilogy, the true trilogy, that was essentially one of my favorite, one of the favorite gaming trilogies that I have ever played that Bioware has done uh, in, in recent memory. Even though I had issues with the way they ended Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 2 was still, in my opinion, one of the best games they had in that whole series. So uh, I um, don't want uh, anything to happen to Bioware, but uh, if it takes having these issues with EA for, 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 for things to happen. Uh, that's fine, just so long as the studio was not shut down. But again, EA has a reputation of shutting down these studios, so I don't really feel too optimistic about that. Um, with that said, I do hope that Dragon Age 4 is a success if it actually gets finished and actually releases next generation, because it's definitely not coming out this generation. But um, we'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah, if, if it's a flop, they need to just stop making Mass Effect and Dragon Age because it's, it's not going to work. You're just going to keep disappointing fans, <laughs> loyal fans. So, I agree. I agree. And just remember, Gary, despite what you said earlier, Bioware says that they are 100% committed to Anthem. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll I see. I believe it when I see it. <laughs> they have their work yeah. cut out for them with that game. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. We'll see, we'll see. All, all I have to say is I look forward to playing Anthem when it comes to Game Pass in the next couple of months. Because I have no intention of actually buying the game. So that's the only way that I'll play it when it comes to Game Pass. Another quick question about EA, since we were on it. Um, yeah. So for years now, DICE was clearly their golden studio. And we know... EA has a bad history with studios. They close down a lot of them, you know, um, and they just, they have a lot of flops, basically. Um, but DICE has been that consistent studio, and I, I feel like they elevated them at one point in time to being, you know, their top-tier studio. Um, so much so that they use their engine for, like, everything. Um, but now, you know... DICE has had a couple flops like you know the last Battlefield wasn't 
uh, it didn't sell as much and it wasn't that you know uh, widely received as as the other games. Um, and also, we all know what happened with Battlefront too. Um, <laughs> and now yeah. it seems like EA is gravitating towards Respawn and elevating them. So, do you feel like Respawn is going to become the top EA studio now moving forward? I that 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 is a great question. I think it, it is all dependent upon what happens with the Star Wars game. The, the, I mean, the, the Star Wars game coming out later this year. This is a very, very big game for EA. It's a big game for Respawn because it's different from stuff that they have done before. I, I, but to answer the question right now, I, I do think that Respawn has already uh, you know, been elevated to that level because of the fact that uh, Apex Legends was a success. I know that uh, you know the last I heard, it is starting to die down a little bit, and the shareholders are, of course, concerned about that. But this was a free-to-play game where they didn't really need to worry about, uh, you know, money so much. And, of course, they do have microtransactions, so on and so forth. That's fine. But uh, I, I do think Respawn now is they – are, they, they are now, I think, at the very top of the list in terms of who EA is, who, who EA is looking at to, to deliver. And I will say this. Yes, they did not treat Respawn well in the past because I know when Titanfall 2 came out, they released that so close to the other game that came out. I don't know if that was a Battlefield. Battlefield 1. That was Battlefield 1. Yeah, they released that game so close to Battlefield 1. It's like you already were going to have issues with that game selling because it was so close to each other. So that was very unfortunate they did that because Titanfall 2 was a very good game. And it was received very well by those who did play it. But a lot of people didn't pick it up at launch because it was too close to Battlefield 1 and there were other games they wanted to get. Then, of course, last year with Battlefield 5, they released that game at a later period later period of time. Uh, of course, it was a lot different from Battlefield 1 because they made certain changes to the storylines, the characters, so on and so forth. But the big thing with that is that they released that game and a lot of stuff was not finished. The Battle Royale feature, that feature is wasn't coming out until this year. And the game was out last year. So when you do those types of things, it definitely is not it's not the way that you should the way the way you should do it. Now I understand having a steady stream of content to keep people playing. That's great. But just certain big features like that like that battle royale feature coming out in twenty nineteen, that was a horrible decision. Because you knew that Call of Duty had, was going to have it at launch. And that's your number one competitor. So I just think that EA, what they should do, in my opinion, to answer your question, yes, Respawn is, I, I believe everything is riding on them right now. This Star Wars game must be successful this year. And I, and I guess depending on how that is received, that will tell you about what they're going to think about for the future. But in terms of EA, what they need to do, they need to really take a step back, look at what they have with these studios. I would say allow them to creatively do what they want to do um, and, 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 and not make it all about, well, we need to have microtransactions in every single game, that type of stuff. Because obviously when they let a studio does what they want to do, they have had success. Uh, a Way Out, a game that I have spoken about many times on this show, that game was absolutely fantastic. And there's another indie game that EA showed up at their conference last year. I can't think of the name again, 
But once again, these indie studios coming in and making games, they've been doing a great job. So, and EA is not really heavily involved in that. They're just letting them publish the game, and, and that's it. So they need to take that same approach with these other studios as well. Let Bioware make the game that they want to make. Don't have these people changing up things just because you want to appease the shareholders and throw in microtransactions and stuff like that. You cannot operate that way with every single game. Now, I understand with Anthem, they wanted to do that. They wanted to take advantage of that opportunity, whatever. And it still wasn't was a failure. But you have to let the creators make what they want to make creatively and worry about that other stuff later. Because when you make the game, you focus on making a great game and putting that out in front of the gamers, this is how you get the gamers attracted to your games. Then if you want to release a game in the future that has this stuff, okay, that's fine. Whatever. But ultimately, they need to be focused on getting people back on their side to actually want to buy their games and not worry right now about the microtransaction thing. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I agree. But um, I'm sure in DICE's case, like, I'm sure um, when they saw what happened to Visceral, uh, what was going through their <laughs> mind was like, I we, we better make Battlefield 6 fire. Like, <laughs> otherwise, we're next. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Hey, no, you're right. This, uh, well, I, man, I, I really hope the Bioware is not, uh, going to get axed, but, uh, things are not looking too good. Dra Dragon Age has to be, if Dragon Age ever sees the light of day, that has to be a success. There's no way around it. It has to be a success. So they need to make sure that they take the time to address it and make it as good as it can be. And, and hopefully that is a success so that they don't have to get 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 get, get shuttered like like everybody else that EA has already had. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to lose their jobs at all. But it's it's not so far. It's not looking good for Bioware because you know they're they're just a shadow of them for their former selves. Um, and, Absolutely. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, we'll see what happens, but um. Now we're going to move on to uh, this is the beginning of the final topic. It's not the, the final question or the final discussion, but this is the beginning of it because it's all connected. We have to talk about the second state of play that Sony had this past week, which was also on Thursday, a couple of days ago, uh, and give our impressions overall on the show. Now, I don't know if you have a quick rundown of some of the things that were shown at the show. Uh, I actually have a quick list of uh, some, a lot of the announcements that were made. So unless you have a list of your own, I can um, run that down real quick. I only have like two things. So if you have the, the full list, then go ahead. Um. Okay, so let, let me start off first by saying, in my opinion, the show was very lackluster. Um with the exception of maybe one announcement that I know people got excited. I mean, okay, I, I'll throw I'll throw I'll throw in two because other other people are somewhat excited for this. So, just a quick rundown: we got a news of Monster Hunter World Iceborne, which is going to be a uh, expansion for Monster Hunter World. Uh, that's coming out September six. Um, that's obviously coming to PlayStation Four, Xbox, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so, I had never played Monster Hunter World. But I can understand how big of a deal this game was to a lot of people. So that's great that there's going to get more content for that. I'm happy for the fans that are getting that. Uh, moving on to some other stuff that they announced. 
they did announce the, uh, uh, of course, uh, Riverborn, which is a voxel shoot and slash game. It's it's pretty much a, a, a indie title. So okay, that's fine, whatever. Uh, moving on, they talked about Away, which is a survival game in which you're playing as animals in the forest. Um, I saw that trailer. I, I have to admit, I wasn't impressed. But, uh, I mean, if there's an audience out there that likes it, that's great. I'm happy for it. Uh, we, of course, saw Medieval, uh, which is a game that they already talked about saying that they were going to show more of. That's coming out now, October 25th. So Sony does have an exclusive game coming out uh, this fall. That's one of them, October 25th. Um, and then, of course, we got two other games uh, that were shown in that in this announcement as well. We got Predator Hunting Grounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is this is going to be a I guess they said a asymmetrical uh, shooter, similar to like the uh, Friday the, the Friday the Thirteenth game that came out uh, not too long ago. Um, we got a trailer for that, just a cinematic trailer. Uh, I have to admit, I was not impressed with that trailer whatsoever. And, and I looked at it at the beginning, and when I saw the soldiers, I'm like, well, hold on. Is this a SOCOM game? They're trying to bring this franchise back? I said, no, Predator. Well, that sounds interesting, but it, it that trailer, it, I didn't see nothing in that trailer that impressed me at all. So, um, and and just, just for the sake of, just just for, just for comparison's sake, when I look at the, the, the Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man uh, trailer gameplay in comparison to this because this is another property here. I'm like, this is way, way this is a lot, this is on a, a much lower level, I would say, in my opinion, than the Spider-Man thing because obviously Insomniac Games worked on that game. This studio, it, this, it, this here, Sony Worldwide Studios is working on this, but they're working on this with uh, 20th Century Fox. I just, to me, the quality didn't look all that great in this, in this trailer. Obviously, this is a game that doesn't come out until next year, so it can it can look different by then. But I was not impressed with that whatsoever at all. That was a a really bad way to reveal this game, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. I agree hundred um, percent. I agree. So uh, before I get into the other big, big, big trailer that they showed, tell me what your thoughts were on the state of play. Because I know you actually stayed up late to watch this. This this came on at like I believe almost mid- midnight. Yeah, it was like eleven p.m. Um, yeah, so like you know, with me, I'm 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 always like on the go. I'm always doing different things. So time flies for me, you know. Um, before I know it, four hours have gone, you know, and I feel like I haven't even done much stuff. But um, yeah, I say that to say that. You know, the, the, watching this state of play was the longest ten minutes of my life. Like, <laughs> like and yeah, I, I just I, I don't understand what this is. Like, I didn't watch the first state of play, so I assumed that it was like something good. And I thought, you know, maybe there were people talking and discussing. I didn't know it was like a ten-minute short thing. I guess they're really going for that Nintendo Direct style of, you know, just rapid fire, you know, uh, showing trailers and, and things like that. Um, but they need to work on it because, you know, Nintendo have got it down. Like, they know how to address their audience. And even the Nintendo Directs that I p- particularly don't don't like or don't enjoy, other people do enjoy them, you know. Um, so they know how to talk to their audience. 
Sony, they need to work on it. And, you know, I was seeing a lot of people say that this is like a, a budget Nintendo Direct or something. Um, it seems like that's the style they're going for. You know, they want to be like a, a Nintendo Direct, but they're going to have to work on it because they didn't sell me on any of these games at all. And I felt like in some cases they didn't even show enough of the game, like the Predator one. Like that that was for considering Predator is like a big IP, you know, like it's a well-known movie and everything like that. Yeah. Um, they should have spent more time on revealing that and, and showing it. So I, I feel like I, they did that a, dis, a, a big disservice in the way I, that they, they showed that. I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And just to, to make a comment on what you said, yeah, I, I yeah the, these these uh Sony directs is what they what I guess they should be called. Yeah, I, I did see the last one and 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 you know even the last one, it felt it felt like it was a little bit longer. They they did say to their credit they did say when they announced that they were going to do this event it was only going to be ten minutes. I think it it only went over like a like an additional minute I guess. But but to me the thing is is that yeah I do agree it didn't feel as though there was a ton of excitement. There's some misdirection in terms of what to actually talk about because I know with the last uh, state of play, they showed the trailer for Blood and Truth, which is an upcoming VR, PlayStation VR title. The problem is that game is coming out this month. So I would think it would, would make more sense to talk about that game this month because that's a game that's coming out very soon. And also, they didn't show any PlayStation VR games whatsoever on this show. And I'm thinking, if you're really behind PlayStation VR, you probably should be talking about this, you know, especially when you have a game that's coming out the exact same month. So, I don't really know what's going on with, with some of these types of things the way they're doing, but I, I would make the, the, the suggestion that you definitely should use that opportunity to talk about the upcoming titles, especially if you have a title that's coming out this month. Now, I know that they are going to possibly have one next month because as we'll get into here in a little bit, they did allude to the fact that there's going to be more information on a certain title next month. So my guess is that they are going to definitely have one next month because even though they're not going to be an E3, there's no way in hell they're not going to want to have some type of news out about PlayStation doing stuff. Well, you know that Nintendo is going to have a Nintendo Direct, of course, that they have every year around E3 time. Microsoft is going to have their big E3 show for Xbox. There's no way in hell that Sony is not going to have some type of show to, to, you know, next month, whether it's the state of play or whatever. But the state of play, I'm assuming, is what's going to happen. So I would hope that they're going to make some bigger announcements there um, only because, you know, and I had this conversation with our very good friend Reggie, a.k.a. Weapon X. My philosophy is that next year is going to mark one full year since we've heard anything about Death Stranding. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima or Last of Us Part 2. So I feel like you definitely got to have some news about one of those games, if not all three of them next month. Even if you're not going to be at E3, you can at the very least show us real gameplay. I'm not talking about the gameplay we got for Death Stranding last year. I want real gameplay that is actually interesting uh, for Death Stranding. We should have some type of gameplay for that next month if that's the case. Or a Last of Us Part 2 release date. Since there are all, all these rumors coming out that the release the game is coming out this year. Okay, so where's this information? So I feel like Sony definitely gonna have to have some news next month, some big news they can have in this direct. Because uh 
I know when I spoke to Reggie, he's made, made the argument that no, they're not going to have this. They don't need to do any of this other stuff. I would disagree because E3, all the focus is going to be on Microsoft and Nintendo. And everybody that's actually going to be at that show and actually have something to show, all the attention is going to be on that show. So I feel like Sony, they have a state of play next month. They absolutely 100% have to have something. There's going to be something that they have in that presentation that people are going to be talking about. It will be, I'll be surprised if that's not the case. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah they, they, they definitely, if that's smart, they would have a state of play that week at E3. Like, like they definitely gotta have something um just because because like you said everybody's going to be talking about microsoft and and nintendo and it's going to be weird not hearing anything about sony so exactly and yep. it's, it's gonna really stand out so oh yeah and, and the thing is that they don't need to make a big budget they don't need to have no big extravagant uh you know presentation like they had in the past that's fine that's why they said they're not going to be at e3 but there has to be some type of news that comes out that people are going to be talking about for Sony too. There's no way that's not going to happen. So I'll be surprised if we don't get a release date for Last of Us. We don't get a gameplay trailer for Death Stranding or something. But something definitely, I think something definitely is going to, to get announced around that time because you want to make sure that you're. This is a this from a business standpoint. There's no way that a, a shareholder at Sony or somebody is going to say. So we're not going to be at E3. So we're not going to announce anything. No news on the PlayStation blog, blog, nothing. We're not going to announce nothing during this time of the year when the news cycle is going to be all about what, who announced what at E3, what new game was shown, what game is coming out this fall. There is no way in hell they're not going to have some type of announcement at that particular time of the year. So I'm curious, just curious to find out what it is, but we'll see when that time comes next month. Indeed. We'll see. So, so moving on now to the big, big thing about this, this, this uh, Sony Direct, if you will, or uh, you know, state of play. We finally got a new trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, before I give my thoughts on this trailer, I'm going to go right to you as a Final Fantasy person. Was you excited for this trailer, and do you think that this saved the the, the Sony Direct? Nope. Because. <laughs> Okay, so let me let me uh, cause yeah, cause Sony we we've acknowledged they 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 did something wrong, you know they um they're not making the right moves here, but this I understand why they did this, cause you know having a rumor that Final Fantasy was going to be shown again, you know that's a big deal. So I understand Sony's side of you know having this shown, you know during the state of play, and and from their point of view that's a big deal. So. You know, um, now let me address Square Enix because <laughs> they are the the kings of cock teasing. Like, because um, <laughs> I remember at one of the PSX shows, um, I, I believe this this must have been 2014. Um, you know, December 2014. So uh, one of the the people at Square Enix came out on stage at PSX, and you know they were like, look you can now play Final Fantasy 7 on the PlayStation 4, you know, and it was like the remastered version of, you know, the, the 2007 uh, Final Fantasy, you know, 7, basically. Um, and then he said, we'll also have some new news regarding Final Fantasy 7 come June, you know. So that's, you know, that's when everybody started speculating, wow, are we getting a remake or something? 
you know, and then fast forward 2015 E3, of course, we know what happened. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they announced it. And, yeah. you know, now over the years, you know, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. We've been hearing stuff behind the scenes like they had to start the development all over again because, you know, originally they had a third party company working on it and they took it in-house and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So now, now that we're seeing the game again, we are supposed to be learning more about the game. Like, we're supposed to be knowing when it's going to be released. We're supposed to be seeing, you know, more gameplay, at least like 10 minutes of gameplay or something like that. Like, we're supposed to be seeing more. But instead, they show us this short teaser cutscene with some, you know, some random dialogue or whatever from the game. And and then they have the nerve at the end to say more will be revealed in June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, Square Enix. Like, I am not impressed at all. <laughs> so, like, so... I, I know a lot of people were happy to see, you know, uh, Aerith and, you know, the, the characters and CGI and everything. But I was not impressed. We've already seen this. Like, we've seen... You know, the, we've seen trailers like this for the game already. I want to know tangibles. Like, I want to know the tangible information now. Like, it's about time we get that. And if you were going to, you know, if you're going to wait to June to do that, then you should have just waited till June and you shouldn't have even done this because you're just teasing us now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, hey, I, 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 I agree with that because, I mean, I thought they were very weird for them to say. More details in June. I said, "All right, well, hey, um, I, I know, yeah, you, like you said, a lot of people, a lot of people was excited for for it. I mean, I I, I feel as though it, it's fine to be excited. It, it's totally cool to be excited about this stuff. I'm not saying anybody is wrong for that, but I, I think to, up to a certain point, you want to hear more information about what is going on with this game. And and I I, I had a joke that." After that, they showed that trailer. Yeah, and this game is still coming to PlayStation Five because I, I I didn't see no release date, no release window, nothing. Now, hopefully, that is what we'll know next month whenever they reveal more information because they, one of the advertisements has said that the game is a PS4 title. Okay, so PS5 is definitely coming out either next year or you know 2021. I think it's definitely fall of next year. So uh, that's fine, but. This game is an episodic game, so even if the first part of it comes out on PS4, they have to make this game cross-compatible because you're going to continue the adventure on PS5. I mean that. So, technically, in my mind, that means it is a PS5 game, but I don't know how they're going to approach that. But I do think that, um, yeah, they, they definitely should have waited to show all that they had to show next month. Uh, it, now, the question I have though is. This going to be something that is going to be in Square Enix presentation next month, or is this going to be in whatever state of the, state of play Sony does, or is it going to be in both of them? That's a good question. Um, and if you know if Square Enix is doing their own stream again, it better not be like last year's because last year's was <laughs> was worse than this state of the play right here. Like so. <laughs> So yeah. Um, well, 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 hey, I, I, I will say this. Perhaps this state of play. Well, this Sony, this uh, Square Enix show, and we will do a prediction show in the future about these press conferences. But perhaps 
this Square Enix one has the potential to be a lot better because I know they also have that Avengers game that they've been working on. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. that that I would I would assume that's definitely going to get shown because it, it we thought it was going to get shown in the past. It, it has to get shown at some point because it's been in development for a long time. Yeah, so, and, and now is the time to drop an Avengers announcement because everybody is paying attention like to to Avengers. So, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it will be a great great opportunity to do that. So if they show that and they show Final Fantasy, then I think they're going to have a pretty good show, regardless of whatever else they show at the E3 conference. Um, but yeah, that, that, that'll that be interesting. But uh, as for my thoughts on the uh, Final Fantasy trailer, yeah, I, I, I wasn't really impressed. Now, I will say that I did not play Final Fantasy VII, but I'm not saying it from the standpoint of not being impressed because I didn't play the game. I'm saying I'm not impressed because, like you said, I, I think we need more concrete information at this point. We've already seen some of those shots that they show. You've already seen how some of the characters look based on the previous footage that they've shown. That's fine. Now I want to know when is the game coming out. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that that's the only information I need to know. They had some gameplay in there. I guess you could say the some of the fighting sequences, that, that was gameplay, right? That wasn't cinematic stuff. Yeah, but they've shown gameplay before as well. You know, like we know it's going to be a real time combat, sort of like Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, oh, okay. I, I just feel like it's time to show more, like show how the menu is going to be, show how items and magic are going to work, and you know, just all the intricate things that make up an an RPG. Um, so- and also, you know, we need to know, like, okay, I'm um, so judging by what we've seen, we've only seen. Midgar, like the Midgar portion of the game. Now, if anyone's played Final Fantasy VII, the original, you'll know that, you know, Midgar is like, it's not even like the first quarter of the game, but it's, it's, it's like the beginning of the game. I don't even know how to explain it, but like, it's a big chunk of the first part of the game, right? But it, it doesn't even account for a quarter of the game. Like, um, and, you know, some people are even amazed the first time they step out of Midgar because they're like, okay, wow, like, there's a whole other, you know, there's a whole world in this game. Like, it's not just Midgar. Um, so I'm thinking, like, because they've only shown Midgar, like, they've only shown the characters in Midgar. So I'm thinking that the entire first part of the game, because we know it's going to be multiple parts, is going to be Midgar. And, you know, in the original game, um, I don't feel like there's enough story in just Midgar for for them to base an entire part in Midgar. Um, so they're gonna have to add a lot of new stuff to it. So I'm I'm interested to know, you know, what kind of are they gonna add character backstories? Are they gonna add characters from other games like Crisis Core? Because um, there's you know there's a few other. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 related games out there like spin-offs and stuff so I'm wondering if they're going to have spin-off content in there as well because you know if if this entire game is in Midgar I am going to be slightly disappointed because I feel like you know it, it should probably go up to um I don't want to spoil anything for anyone but the big moment in the game that everyone knows like I feel like it should go up to that part but yeah, um, 
it, so far because they're only showing Midgar, I feel like the entire first part is going to be Midgar, and that will be very disappointing. <laughs> well, 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 hopefully, hopefully that that isn't the case. But uh, they did say that this is a uh, episodic, I guess, multi-part uh, game. So I, I, I'm very curious. I, they, they didn't go into any detail how many parts it's going to have yet. Have they? They just said. It's, it's not going to be just one game then. The, the the rumor is three parts, but who knows with Square Enix at this point? Like they change their minds all the time. So, <laughs> also, I guess we'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, one, one one thing I did I do want to say is that um, you know, I get I get I guess so when you said that you want to see more information. I, I I think it, it, personally it would be great for them to have a actual gameplay demo presentation, uh, and if they have that at, at at their little Sony conference next month, then I think that'll be fantastic because then that will confirm to people, oh yes, this is in a playable state. This is how it looks. You can actually see the guy or whoever playing through some stuff, and then some narration to talk about certain things. That'll be great for them to have this because I think. You can show me something like that, and then I don't. Yeah, then I'm not worried about the release date or any of this other stuff. But if it's just a cinematic trailer and all this other stuff, not really any explanation, any dialogue, then no, I, I'm I'm not really going to be that impressed by, by it. Um, so perhaps that is something that they will consider. But I, what we do know is there will definitely be news next month. So I guess we can look forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was trying to say. We need to know how the material system is going to work because material is like a big part of Final Fantasy VII and the lore and everything. So, yeah, I want to know how all that stuff is going to work. Um, and as for a, a guess on on when uh, the game is going to release, I'm going to make the prediction that this is going to release in the same slot that Kingdom Hearts three did. This year, mm. um, next year, so probably January two thousand twenty. If that's I mean, good... if I, that's assuming you know, because they're showing it now, because they're beginning to to show it again, and they're going to show something in June. I'm guessing that they're ready to release soon. So, um, I'm going to say that it's coming out January two thousand twenty. And like you said, it's still billed as a PS4 game, and we know that the PS5 is coming next year, so um, it has to come out soon, basically. So. Yeah, and, and I know the Sony, uh, they made the comment about it would not, the PS5 is not going to come out um, before spring 2020. I think that that system will be out next fall, and this is a game, if it doesn't come out in January, it may come out in the spring of 2020. Um, yeah. But I guess it also could come out before that. I mean, I, I have no idea, because like, like you said, yes, we're going to get more information in June, but they haven't really, uh, I mean, they have to, we have to wait and see whatever they announce in June. But, um, yeah, it, it, that, that, that's a good guess. That January date is a good guess. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. Cause, cause to, to, to fans of both, uh, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, for them to be able to say that Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy VII Remake came out a year apart. That's kind of a big deal if you're a, a mega Square Enix fan. So yeah, um, that is kind of a big deal. So I'll be impressed if they manage to pull that off. But um, yeah, in terms of the actual game itself, I'm not impressed yet. I need to see more. And that's just where <laughs> I stand on it. 
and I still so, I still think the original game is a masterpiece. So they they're gonna have like a hard time impressing me personally. So 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 I I do want to ask a final question now since you said that, and the question is, let's say that worst case scenario, this game ends up coming out on PS5. Would this be enough for, to convince you to get a PS5? Um, as an exclusive. I mean, yeah, as an exclusive, and, and right now, based on what you what you have seen, if you knew this was coming to PS5 as a launch exclusive, if you will, would this be enough for you to pick up that system? I mean, uh, I would need to see more. If I see more, and I'm actually impressed at what they're doing, then yeah, I would consider it. And I know, I know from that statement, people are going to be like, "Oh, you you said you're not playing PS PlayStation anymore, and you're not buying PS5." Yeah, I know. I tweeted that, but. Guess what? I can change my mind. I'm I'm human. So, <laughs> I, and I never actually said I'm never playing PlayStation again. That that those weren't my words. So so yeah. I mean, if I see something that really impresses me, then yeah, I will buy a PS5 just for this game if it's exclusive. Hmm. Absolutely. That sounds good to me. <laughs> so on that note. Is there any other topics or anything you want to discuss before we get ready to wrap up today's show? Uh, no, that's that's pretty much it for me. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I want to take a quick moment to thank you all for listening to today's show. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, currently working on some Rage 2 impressions as well as the Plague's Tale review. So stay tuned for that content, which will be up on the website this week. Uh, we have a couple of other shows that we're also working on as well that are going to be getting recorded this week. So stay tuned. We have a lot of great things in the works. Uh, but yes, I thank you all for listening and watching. If you watch live or you watch later, we appreciate your continued support. And uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for uh, shout outs. Yeah, I just want to shout out to you know our, our loyal uh, Patreon supporters. Um, we, we love you very much. Um, so shouts to M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gorty. We thank you very much for your continued support. We are working um, on getting some, you know, uh, giveaways and extra content. Um, also, you know, there's some entertainment stuff that we're working on. So hopefully we'll be able to um, put up a few more shows um, in, you know, in the coming week or so. Um, based on a few news topics that that were released um so yeah um we're always oh. working hard on, on bringing more content i i and i actually would would, would pose a question to the patreon supporters but then you know also all of the supporters in general if there are some other games or other topics you want us to address definitely feel free to let us know uh, I know with E3 coming up, there are a lot of opportunities at E3. There's going to be a lot of different uh, things that we may have a chance to cover. Uh, so definitely feel free to let us know what games interest you, what titles interest you, so we can do a better job of actually covering those titles. Because there's definitely a lot of games dropping, whether it's at this fall or early next year. But yeah, if you definitely let us know what you're interested in, we will do a better job making sure that we actually play a couple of these games to talk about so let us know always always open to those type of uh, conversations indeed we're very approachable so 
Just say also. Yes, absolutely. So uh, on that note, once again, thank you all for listening. Uh, appreciate your continued support. And we will be back next week. But until then, have a great week ahead. And we'll talk to you later.